Having passed through now Christmas, uh, we have this extra gift of this Sunday on the last day of the year, and I thought it would be appropriate to sort of use that as our theme, and I'll explain soon, but in light of that, our text that we'll be looking at this morning comes from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 4, where we'll be looking at the first 14 verses. If you want to open that up in your pew Bibles, it's on page number 175, otherwise the entire text will be on the screen behind me. Again, from page number 175 in your pew Bibles, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 4, verses 1 through 14. This is Moses speaking to the Israelites in the anticipation of them entering to the promised land, and he says to them, And now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the rules that I am teaching you, and do them that you may live and go in and take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. You shall not add to the word that I command you, nor take away from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did at Baal Peor, for the people your God destroyed from among you all the men who followed the Baal of Peor. But you who held fast to the Lord your God are all alive today. See, I have taught you statutes and rules as the Lord my God commanded me that you should do them in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. Keep them and do them. For that will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who... When they hear all these statutes will say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call on him? And what great nation is there that has statutes and rules so righteous as all this law that I set before you today? Only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children, how on the day that you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb, the Lord said to me, Gather the people to me, that I may let them hear my words, so that they may learn to fear me all the days that they live on the earth that they may teach their children so. And you came near and stood at the foot of the mountain, while the mountain burned with fire to the heart of heaven, wrapped in darkness, cloud, and gloom. Then the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. You heard the sound of words, but saw no form. There was only a voice, and he declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, that is, the Ten Commandments. And he wrote them on the two tablets of stone, and the Lord commanded me at that time to teach you the statutes and rules, that you might do them in the land that you are going over to possess. This is the word of the Lord. Well, later on this evening, the final countdown to 2023 will begin. And as we go from 10 
to one to shouts of Happy New Year at that very moment all across the country and around the world, the familiar tune of Auld Lang Syne will begin to be played. Auld Lang Syne, roughly translated, is Days Gone By. It's an old Scottish tune, and as familiar as the tune might be, very few people are able to sing the words or know them. Uh, so let me explain what this song says. It asks, should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and auld lang syne? For auld lang syne, my dear, for auld lang syne, we'll take a cup of kindness yet for auld lang syne. And while the meaning of those words can be just as debated as understanding them, my understanding is, in essence, that they are a call to remember. That during times of transition, as you move from one moment into the next, to not too hastily get on to the next thing, but to remember and celebrate old acquaintances, old friends, old events. It's a tradition that goes back almost a hundred years in the United States, but I think the message is more critical today than ever before. We tend to be a very forward-looking people. As soon as you get one item done on your to-do list, you cross it off to be forgotten, and then the question is, well, what's next? What's the next appointment? What's the next goal? What's the next thing on the calendar that we have to worry about? And that's where our attention is focused, to the point that we can quickly, almost too quickly, forget the past. I don't know if you're anything like me, but you start to see these lists at the end of the year, celebrations of things that have happened, remembrances of those that are well-known that have passed away and you kind of forget. You're like, wow, did, did that happen in, in 2023? I had forgotten or didn't realize. Now, some of that is just pure forgetfulness. But another part of that, I think, is that tendency to be so forward-looking. What's done is done, and instead of looking back and remembering where almost all of our attention lies in what's ahead. And some of the reason why this song has stayed in popular use is likely because during the time of transitioning from one year to the next, it's a good reminder to pause and to remember and celebrate where you've come from. And that's the reason why I wanted to look at this passage that we're looking at for this morning. It, too, was written during a very important time of transition. After the Israelites had been miraculously freed from slavery in Egypt because of the ten plagues that God had brought against the Egyptians, after they had now wandered for 40 years through the wilderness as God provided for them each and every day now, they were finally on the eastern side of that promised land, that place that God had promised to their ancestors so very long ago, the very destination that they had been journeying toward for all of those years. They were almost ready to go in. But before they do, Moses, their leader, takes a moment to pause 
And he wants to tell them and prepare them for entering into this new land. And it is a critical time of transition. They are transitioning in leadership. Moses, because of his own sin, was not going to be able to enter into that promised land with them. And so his servant Joshua would be taking over. They would be transitioning from living and surviving in the wilderness to now living and settling into a land that was bountiful and fruitful. They were going from nomads and wanderers to becoming a settled and established nation. But before that transition takes place, Moses wants to make sure that they are ready. And so he pauses, and the entire book of Deuteronomy is, in essence, a sermon to the people preparing them. And in many ways, what we read from the beginning of Deuteronomy chapter 4 is pretty emblematic of the entire book. And in that section, there are at least three different commands, three challenges that Moses gives to the Israelites as they make this transition that I thought would be really wonderful for us to take a moment and reflect upon as we start to prepare for a transition into a new year. So getting right into it, the very first challenge that Moses gives is really the most important. In many ways, it's woven throughout the text, but it can be summarized for us fairly well in verses 5 and 6. Let's say, see I have taught you statutes and rules as the Lord my God commanded me that you should do them in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. Keep them and do them. For that will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the people who when they hear all these statutes will say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. In short, the first commandment as these people are about to enter into new land is to keep the commandments that God had given to them. This is supposed to be the very heart of the identity of this nation. Yes, they would and are about to win many incredible military victories. But they're not to be known as a militarily powerful nation. They will in the future have some incredible, wise, powerful leaders. But they're not to be known for their political prowess. Instead, when people look at them, they are supposed to see in this nation and in the individuals that make it up, a group of people that are committed to serving the Lord their God who has blessed them and guided them with these commandments. People are supposed to say, wow, they are so wise, so understanding in all of their works. And then the other nations are supposed to say, look how well they are thriving in their obedience. If we take on these laws and serve the very same God, maybe we too, may be just as blessed as they are. And that's why God had put them there. Now, when we hear, keep the rules as the fundamental charge, we don't really like that. It, it, rules always to us feel so confining, so constricting. We like to be free to do what we want. Why do we need someone else to, to tell us what to do, to put rails and, and, and these 
uh, structures around us. I don't know if you are like me, but sometimes you cringe every time. Here are the, the new laws going into effect in the new year. I don't want more laws. I want freedom. But in the very same way, using a very poor analogy, any sports coach would tell their team in preparation for a game, obey the rules, avoid the fouls, avoid the, the penalties. We don't want that to get in the way of our victory. Any game is only fun when people obey the rules. When you start cheating or shortcutting, the, the whole point seems lost and it's frustrating. When you're on the road, you want, you need others to obey the rules or else everything falls apart and becomes total chaos. And in a lot of ways, life is the very same. God is the one who created us. God made this world that we live in and his commandments aren't given to us to constrain us, to confine us, to put us under trials and just see whether or not we can follow these arbitrary commandments. Instead, they are God's way of saying to each and every one of us, I gave you life. And because I'm the one who made you, designed you, and this world in which you inhabit, if you want a life that is good, blessed, and wonderful, this is how you are to live. Love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. When you do this, life will go well. And the opposite is also true. Today, if you decide to ignore those rules and disobey God, you'll find that you're not going to have as good of a day. And you start to add that up over a week, over a month, and over a year, and what you will find is life does not go well when you live in rebellion to God's laws. And, and we know this. You look around the world, you can see example after example, time after time, when people choose to disobey the commands of God, their lives don't go well. There are consequences for your choices. Blessings come when you choose to obey. Difficulties and struggles come when you choose to disobey. And so before entering the land of the promised land of Canaan, Moses says, when you live there, live in obedience to the God who brought you there. That is how you will thrive. And in the very same way, as we start to enter into this year, keep God's commandments. Take some time as a challenge for you today to think about the sins that you need to leave in the past. And use today this transition into a new year to find a recommitment toward obedience. To serving God. Even on this side of the cross, those commandments still are a guide to the best, most blessed life that God has for you in the world that he created as he created you. So the first challenge is to keep the commandments. May people look at us as people with integrity, honor, wisdom, and understanding. And may that not only lead that you to a better life, but lead them to the Christ that we seek to serve. The second challenge from the text is found in the start of verse 9. 
says, only take care and keep your soul diligently lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. In short, as the people enter into this great land, they are commanded and challenged to not forget the things that they had seen. And this nation had seen a lot. They had seen how their God had rescued them through the plagues against the Egyptians. They had been miraculously fed by his hand and his sustaining love was evident to them every morning when they woke up and manna was on the ground. The text specifically references remembering and not forgetting that moment when they were at Mount Horeb, Mount Sinai, and God himself appeared to them in the form of a cloud and fire and, and a lot of sound, and they heard his very voice revealing his commandments. They had seen God's swift judgment against those that had disobeyed his commands, and in all of the things that they had seen and experienced, Moses said, don't forget them. And a big part of that connects with our last sermon series that we did through Advent. As we said in that series, sometimes it's hard to worship an invisible God. Part of that eternal pull toward idolatry was any other nation when asked, where is the God that you serve? They could take you to a place and point to an image and say, that, that is our God, that is what they look like, this is the one that we worship. But not our God, the true God. Instead, you tell the stories of his revelation and his action. And instead of pointing at an image, the Israelites could point to times when they had enemies that rose up against them and attacked them. And God allowed this unforeseen nation to stand and, and defend itself and defeat their enemies. And they could say, you see, that is our God protecting us. They could tell the stories of when they ran out of water and this whole nation had nothing to drink. And their leader Moses struck a rock and God provided for them water. They could say, see, that is how our God has provided for us. When those stories are remembered, they become an encouragement. That when you face trials and struggles in the future, you could look back and say, I know God has provided in the past and so I trust that he will continue to provide in the future. But the opposite is also true. If those stories are forgotten, if you just move on without remembering them and celebrating them and calling them to mind, then it's almost like they never happened at all. And so you don't have that strength. You don't have that memory. You're starting over and every trial seems like an unbearable struggle because you've forgotten the way that God has provided in the past. And that's why as constantly eager as we are to move on to the next thing, we too should never forget. To look back at this year and celebrate the joys of what God has done for us this year. As a congregation, the number of baptisms we've celebrated, 
the number of people that were brought to a moment in their life where they were ready to make profession of faith. Visions and plans for our future together. The things that we've learned in Bible studies and Sunday schools, the new relationships that we've formed, the way that we've grown in our faith, we should remember those things and celebrate them. And we should remember the challenges. The difficult questions about can we continue to afford these programs to give to the church because finances are getting tougher. To see the way that God has carried us through moments of grief or struggle or trials. And remember the way that we leaned on him and the lessons that were learned. God is still at work. And as we transition into a new year, we can't forget what he has done for us in the past. So my specific challenge and encouragement for you this morning is to take stock of this past year. To look back at your calendars, your social media posts, your notes, and remember the ways that God has acted in your life to encourage you, to allow you to grow closer to him in this past year. And that brings us to the third challenge, which quite frankly is very much just a continuation of the previous one, but I wanted to separate it and highlight its distinctiveness. There's all of the background, only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. And then he continues, make them known to your children and your children's children. So not only were the people to remember these things for themselves, but they were to ensure that they tell those stories and pass them on to their children and their grandchildren. This generation that Moses is speaking to has seen things, had seen things that would never happen again throughout history. And for those events to live on and to shape the nation of Israel as they moved into the promised land, established themselves as a nation, those stories had to be told over and over again, being passed on from generation to generation. But the reality is, as you continue through Scripture, we find that over and over again, they too were a forward-looking people. And there were whole generations that were raised up that were not told the stories of the past. And many times, revivals, Reminders had to take place so that those stories could come and become a part of the people as they were. And again, I think it's so true for us as well. First of all, there are the stories of the Bible that we often can forget and neglect. We assume, well, we know the basics of it. Jesus forgives me of my sin and the, the major characters, but but do you know the stories of what God has done throughout time? And maybe for us, again, this is a moment in a new year, and I sent out an email toward this to encourage you just this week to get back into the Word and make sure that we don't just know the big picture, but we've learned from those stories of God's faithfulness to His people throughout centuries so that we can be encouraged not only for ourselves, but passing the faith on to the generations to come. 
But again, we've seen a lot of things too. And I said, as I said just a moment ago, God is still very much alive and active in our world today. And we have experienced moments, maybe not as dramatic as crossing of Red Seas and the bubbling up of water from unexpected places. But God has provided for us. And we've had those moments where we've been drawn into his presence. And those are stories that need to be shared, remembered, and told so that our future generations can recognize that, that God is not a dead God, something that was active a long, long time ago, but he is alive and at work in our world today. And it can be seen in the way that he brought our immigrant ancestors to this country, in the way that he provided for us during times of trials and questions and struggles and illness. And so my encouragement to you who are parents and grandparents at the end of this year or throughout this coming year, tell your kids those stories. Those stories of why the Lord is important to you, when you grew closer to him, and why he is a significant part of your life so that that faith can be passed on and those stories can strengthen and inform their own faith. In our text, during a time of transition, Moses challenged the Israelites with some specific things to do as they're about to enter into this new land. Again, things I think we can be challenged and encouraged with as we enter into a new year. Imagine what this year could look like if we dedicated ourselves to be a people of obedience to God's commands. Serving him better in all that we do and living in light of the way that he told us this is how you are to live. Imagine what this world, this year could look like if, if we remembered all of the things that we were taught this year and carried them forward so that we were wiser and better understanding in the way that we seek to serve him in this coming year. And imagine... The joys of the future as those stories help form the bedrock, the foundation of faith for our children and our grandchildren and beyond that as they come to know the God who is alive in their lives as well. So as we move into this new year, I hope we take those challenges and I encourage you to use this time of transition to refocus our attention around our relationship with the Lord. Toward that end, let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, you are a good God who has done so many wonderful things for us. Your faithfulness is beyond our comprehension and totally undeserved. We celebrated that this Christmas. And throughout this past year, we have moments where we have been reminded and encouraged, where we have grown and where you have arrived and done great things again. Lord, as we enter into this new year, may we do so with a heart that has a desire to obey your commands. May we do so celebrating and remembering the lessons of the past. May we do so passing that faith onto generations of the future. Lord, in your goodness, we know you will continue to be faithful. May we, your servants, live for you in all that we do. This we pray in Christ's holy name. Amen.